it was weird that very first morning I'm like I walk in and I see everybody and we you know we're sitting down like eating breakfast and stuff and it's just like I'm a player again but then I see all the coaches walking in like you just missed a fucking meeting like we had a meeting and you're supposed to be there Booney introduced you and I'm like sitting there with all the players like yeah <laughs> we had the corona meeting I'm like I'm out of here though. Yeah. <laughs> after the corona we it was gone Hey, hey, everybody. Uh, brand new episode of R2C2. Um, the second episode of R2C2 Safe at Home. And we get to chat with Zach Britton, who was one of our favorite guests last year, and who also has an even more relevant voice uh, today than ever, I'd say, because he is the Yankee player rep uh, who has been dealing with the union as both the Players Association and the league try to come to some understanding of what a season could look like and what agreements they'll need in place in order to forge ahead uh, with the major league season. But, you know, we, CC and I, we got so wrapped up in our recording with Zach Britton, and you're going to love this because you're going to love Zach's perspective on the conversations that are being had right now between the union and Major League Baseball, what he thinks the season might be like, how he's staying ready and how his teammates are staying ready for the start of the season. But I think we forgot to highlight one thing that I think it's important we mention. You know, CeCe and I, you heard us talking last week about, you know, how serious we all need to take this, that we're going to get through it, we're in this together, and we will get to the other side, but we all need to do our part. We really do. Um, and you could tell listening to CeCe how affected he is by this thinking about the Boys and Girls Club, which played such a big role in his life, and making sure that they have meals and worrying about the kids who rely on the Boys and Girls Club during this time. And um, we recorded this Wednesday afternoon, and just after recording, uh, CeCe and Amber, uh, along with Pitchin Foundation, partnered with Fresh Direct to distribute grocery boxes to the boys and girls clubs in the Bronx. They are going and actually distributing all these grocery boxes to make sure that everybody there has the food that they need. Their quote was, we hope to ease the worry of food insecurity for local families and bring essential nutrition to those in need. CC doesn't even know that I wanted to add this to the podcast, but I just think it's important because one of the things we've talked about is doing whatever you can to help the people in your orbit during this time, whatever that means, whether it's supporting local shops with gift cards, local restaurants, just supporting those you know workers you used to go to on a weekly basis who right now aren't working, whether it's a, a trainer, a barber, uh, someone who does your nails, whatever it is, if you can still support them, if you have that opportunity now, such a beautiful time to do that. And I just love seeing the way that Cece and Amber are positively influencing everyone around them. So stay safe, stay well, stay inside. God bless you and your families and enjoy this episode of R2C2 with Zach Britton here with Cece and me. What's up, everybody? We are back. Another week, R2C2, uh, quarantine edition again. <laughs> that's right. We're calling it, what, R2C2 Safe at Home? Yeah, that's good. We can call it Safe at Home. I, I see that's a hashtag now, so yeah. hopefully people are actually doing that. Man, I, I hope so. Um, I saw some encouraging statistics uh, this morning from 
uh, Governor Cuomo about like kind of seeing the social distancing in New York working. And even though we won't feel the real effects for, you know, you know, or the, the even more profound effects for for weeks, I, I hope people are taking this seriously every day because it's the easiest task we have ever been given. Stay at home and you can save lives. Like it doesn't get easier than that. We just all need to listen. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, hopefully we can, you know, listen to that and everybody can really, you know, take to that across the country. And, and uh, like I, I said the last time, you know, hopefully we get this thing done and get some sports back in our life, get some baseball going tomorrow's supposed to be opening day. So um, you know, we're missing out on a lot. Well, see, you know, we uh, we're lucky enough to kind of be able to bring it back to sports a little bit while also, um, you know, getting more perspective from somebody who's who's smart, heavily involved with the union and also one of our favorite Yankees today, because Zach Britton is joining us remotely. Zach, welcome back to R2C2, man. Awesome. Yeah, it's good to be back, especially, uh, you know, I don't got a whole lot to do right now. So this this will uh, help pass some time. <laughs> well, Zach, first of all, just give us um, a little color on where you are right now and uh, and kind of what your setup's like wherever you are. So I'm back home in Austin, Texas. Um, you know, baseball wise, I have a gym that uh, just got completed this off season, um, So I'm able to throw do my bullpens work out. So, you know, I'm pretty fortunate. Um, I can do just about anything that I was doing in spring training other than obviously facing hitters. So um, that's where I'm at right now and just trying to figure out, um, you know, when the games are going to start again. Is you know, any of your brothers around? You can't face you can't face any of those guys. I know that I'm sure they would love to hit off you. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. I think if uh, if I get into desperation mode, I'm just going to put my five year old son in the box and see if I can get him out. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely be posting that video if you do that, Zach. Oh, for sure, Zach. You were um, you know, you're you're a player rep for the Yankees, right? And so you're heavily right. involved with the union and and all these decisions. And I know that uh, the conversation you guys had. Um, I guess now was a couple of weeks ago about whether to stay in Tampa, what to do as a team, got a lot of attention. Obviously, the climate has since changed and, you know, many of you are no longer in Tampa. But just to take us back, what was the conversation like when you uh, and the team decided a couple of weeks ago, hey, we want to stay here as a team and continue to practice together. How did, how did you know, just the machinations of that conversation and what that was like? You know, at that time, we didn't have all the information, right? We, we weren't really sure how long spring was going to get shut down or, you know, the time frame for when we were going to come back. And uh, we were assuming that, you know, maybe this is just for a week or two and then things would get uh, get going again. So we all wanted to stay together. We felt like Tampa was the best spot for us, considering the Yankees have all their medical staff there. They have doctors if anybody got sick and, you know, guys that already had apartments and majority of families were there with the players. Um, and that's kind of where we were at the time. And then obviously, as this thing got um you know, spread, it started spreading more. And um, we started hearing about people uh, having the virus, you know, in the Tampa area. You know, that's when the union kind of informed you guys that it, it was really up to them where they wanted to go. And, and this could be an extended absence, you know, from games, it could be four to six weeks long. So if guys wanted to go home and be with their families, that was a good idea. Um, because teams, um, they didn't want a ton of guys in the clubhouse at one time. Obviously, the social distancing, uh, distancing 
Uh, and, and that's where we were at the time. So I think now that we have more information, a lot of guys did go home um, uh, to choose to, to kind of just hunker down with their families. There's a lot, like in Austin right now, there's a shelter in place, right? So I'm, I'm glad that I was able to come back and be with my family because I hadn't seen my kids in about a month uh, when we decided that we were going to stay put. So, um, you know, luckily I'm able to get back and spend some time with my kids um, right now. Man, I feel like that was a good decision on, you know, on the, on everybody's part to, to get out of there, especially after, you know, figuring out how long it was going to be just because in a baseball clubhouse, I mean, one guy gets sick and you know, that, that thing, you know, any kind of virus cold, anything kind of runs through the clubhouse. So I was just, you know, worried about like you guys staying down there and then one person getting, if one person gets it in that clubhouse, everybody's going to get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, you're everybody's right. around yeah, each other so much. Right. Yeah. You've been, you've been in that clubhouse, you know, one guy gets the, a cold or a flu and everybody it's going to go through that clubhouse. And, and I think as we started getting more information about how serious this was and how quickly it spread, guys were, you know, guys wanted to get out of there and, um, just to make sure that, um, you know, guys were going to be healthy whenever the season started. We didn't need, you know, half the clubhouse getting this and getting sick and spreading it to their families and things like that. So um, I thought the decision to stay originally based on the information we had was the right one. I liked how the team came together and everyone wanted to, to stick together and get ready for the season. But at the same time, we adjusted when we had more information. And I think we made the best decision to get out of there and, and kind of regroup whenever it is that we can go back. I think it kind of helps, too, just with like fan interactions and stuff, because we had that meeting that morning about um the coronavirus that it was the first morning I was there that Friday. And then you like you immediately go outside and then it's like fan interactions and stuff. So you don't want to, you know, fans come down there, pay a lot of money in Tampa to come see, see us up close and see guys up close and get autographs. And you don't want to just kind of walk by them. So it just made it easier in that respect too to, to not even be there. If, you know, if there's a chance of, of spreading this thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. that That's a good point too. See, I mean, and that's such a, you know, it, it, it's weird, right? Like, it's going to be weird for all of us just getting used to even when the sport comes back. And you will obviously dive into, you know, what that might look like and what conversations you guys have been having with the Unions Act. But like, no matter what, doesn't it feel like whenever we get sports back and just we get back like to some semblance of our normal functioning society, there's still going to be these changes like you're still going to you're not going to interact with fans the exact same ways that you did, right? You're just not going to. And I also think you're not going to be shaking hands the same way either. Like, you know, I just think like the handshake, that's going to be like out for a while, I would think. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. This is going to change a lot of the things that happen, I think, with the fan interaction. Unfortunately, um, and I just think for now until we get a handle on uh, maybe a vaccine for this thing and, and things like that. But yeah, f especially for this year, I think it's going to change a lot of our interaction with each other in the clubhouse. Um, I think the amount of people that have access to the clubhouse is going to change for now. Which and, is great. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just good and bad, right? For depending on who you are. Um, but It's good for two people on this right. call, bad for another one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and the fans, and it's not anything to do with like, we think the fans all have the virus, right? And I think that was like the message. It's the player could have the virus and give it to a young kid. And, and that's not what we want. Yeah. No, exactly. That's the last thing you want. So, Zach, how about like when you guys have to leave then Tampa, what I mean, what kind of structure does the coaching staff give you to stay 
prepared. Let's start with you. you. You told us where you are in your home in Texas. You have everything you need to continue throwing, albeit you know maybe without hitters unless you put your five-year-old in the box. But <laughs> do, what, what kind of instructions did you get from, you know, from Aaron Boone, from Matt Blake, from, you know, Mike Harkey, what, what, what kind of plan were you given to stay ready or, or how much instruction have you been given? Yeah, so we didn't get much because this is so unique. I mean, no one's ever been in this situation before. So and we don't really have like an end date yet, right? Yeah. We don't really know when this new spring training is going to start. And that's the hardest part because in a normal off season you know the day of spring training and so you just kind of back you work backwards from that date right and we don't have that so we're just trying to keep in communication with Blake and Harkey and Booney as best we can on what we're doing but honestly no one has a, a clue at all on how to to continue to stay ready i think everyone's just trying to piece this together and you know hopefully guys are doing what they need to do to be in shape so that you know, people aren't getting injured when we come back. But man, it, I mean, C's, he's been around the game way longer than me. And I mean, unless, I don't think he's even, you know, experienced something like this. But yeah, so everyone's kind of in the same boat. It's tricky. Yeah, this is crazy. I've been talking to, to Monty a lot just because, you know, I know how hard he worked, you know, to get back from Tommy John and look so great in spring training. You know, he didn't want to leave Tampa just because he had his arm strength built up and everything was going so well. So, it's, you know, it's tough for guys that, you know, don't have the luxury of having a gym or being able to throw bullpens and stuff. So he's just trying to trying to figure it out, you know, how to stay strong. But there is no, like you said, there is no end date. We always know a day when we have to report to something or, you know, when the season's going to start. And to not have that, it just is so weird. I couldn't even imagine, like, going through this and still trying to keep my mind ready to pitch and, you know, be in games. And I feel like it's just going to be like all of a sudden. Like it's going to be everybody, you know, whenever they they feel like they curved the virus and, and and everything, then it's going to be like, all right, you guys got a week to get ready. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I feel like it's going to be it's going to be so no, quick, right. man. And Monty you, was you locked to, in. I feel for these guys. I feel like Jay Happ and Monty and like, I mean, Garrett Cole was throwing a hundo like right out yeah, of the gate. Like, <laughs> like, he, he, he just uh, wakes up like that. Right. You know, and I feel for those guys that they put in the work and those guys were ready to roll. And, um, you know, not to say that they can't be ready to roll whenever we start, but um, it's just tough because there's I mean, I talk to Tommy Canely like every day. Right. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we have this separation anxiety right now. I think he can't. Be <laughs> no, he's bored. <laughs> is, he, is he back home or did he stay in Tampa? Yeah, he's in New York right now and it's snowing. <laughs> I got to call him, man. I forgot about that. <laughs> and it's snowing and he can't throw. He's been sending me pictures. It's just snowing. He's like, what do I do? Dude, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, he's, he's losing it right now. But yeah, you know, not everyone, like you said, is has the luxury of, of the of like the facility that I have at home. Um, and, you know, even if I wanted to bring guys over, like you're not really supposed to. Right. We're trying mm-hmm. to keep distance and stuff. So like there's some players that live in the area that, you know, hopefully whenever, um, especially in Austin, they, they, they have the shelter in place order right now that uh, whenever that gets lifted, you know, guys can come over to my house and throw bullpens and, uh, and stuff like that. But right now, just based on like what, you know, the local uh, government's saying, like we can't even do that. And that's even Dylan too, like D's back and, and you know, right. he's got nowhere to throw because the place that we usually work out and throw and do everything is closed. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's yeah, just Ottavino's back in New York. I know Garrett Cole's back, like uh, at the place he just bought in, in Connecticut and stuff. But but he's got um, a catch partner though. His wife is like throws. <laughs> I saw that video. <laughs> <laughs> she, she got a good arm, man. I was she's impressed. Got a cannon. Yeah, she does. She she really does. I feel well, like so, that was Booney uh, recording a video though. Did you guys hear the audio on that when he said? Yeah, it was. I, I, I heard his Booney, voice right? in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, why isn't Booney playing catch with them? Like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? His wife's pregnant. He's back there recording it. I, I guess, Zach, along the lines of like, you know, what C was talking about, where it's like, oh, could it all of a sudden be like, hey, we got to be ready. Have you had conversations with the Players Association about how much time would be needed uh, before you guys could start a season? Like, what is, I guess, what is the the smallest amount of spring training you guys would be willing to accept or you think is realistic before you actually are playing games? Yeah, so I think with the, the union and any talks that we've had with MLB, especially about um, like player health, right? Because that would fall in line with everything that we're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of guys are kind of deferring to like doctors and like, you know, like I don't really think it's about guys being like physically um, like strong enough to handle like coming back and having a shortened spring. I think it's a lot of like the soft tissue injuries that guys are worried about, right? Like hitters, obliques and hamstrings. And um, there's nothing like playing the games to get ready. Like I don't care what you do in the off season. Like mm-hmm. you show up to spring training in that first game. Like I could have thrown a hundred bullpens and I'm sore. I'm so sore after the first outing, <laughs> like the competition so I think like no one really knows like what the proper thing is, and and we haven't really dove into that um, specifically yet. Um, like how much time we would we would have for a spring? There's still a lot of other issues that like we're negotiating on and, and trying to figure out. And I mean, by the time this podcast gets up, I mean we might have had an agreement and figured that stuff out. But as of right now, everyone like no one really knows like what's the proper time because everyone wants to get the games going, right? We all want to start playing games. So, man, it's going to be tricky. I, I don't think that it's going to be the same as a normal spring. I think um, we're going to have to expand these rosters and um, to protect players from injury. I think we're going to have to increase the roster size. You're definitely going to have to expand the roster, especially if they go to playing double headers, which I've you know I've been reading about too. If they start doing that, you're going to need 30 guys. You know what I'm saying? 100%. 100%. Like, and this is the big thing. Like, the split double headers, they sound cool. And, uh, you know, fans like it two games in a day. And, you know, to an extent, players like it too. Um, but if you're doing it a lot, you're risking some of those superstar position players, especially that are going to play both of these games, especially if you start doing like seven inning, two sevens, you know, like it seems like in theory, like, okay, you cut out four innings, but I mean, um, that's still 14 innings straight that, uh, you know, um, you know, some of your best players that on the field and and guys just aren't used to it. Right. I mean, we're just not used to it and we're creatures of habit. And the last thing you want to do is get guys hurt, but um, it might be something that we have to do honestly to get these games in. We want to play as many games as possible. Um, We want to try to get the season back to like as normal as possible. If that's possible, I, I don't really know yet. 
I mean, that's the interesting thing, Zach, is it's like nobody knows an exact date, right? I mean, is there is there a number where you guys feel like, or maybe just even you personally, to not put you in a position to speak for you know the entire union, but is there a is there a number where you feel like we have to play at least X number of regular season games in order to make this work? Is there a number in your mind? You know, um, not in my head. Like, I, I want to play a full schedule. I, I think, like, we have the depending on, um, like, when we can get back playing. Obviously, if the national emergency, like, is lifted, um, then we can dive into that more. But I, I think, like, if guys are willing to play into November, um, you know, with playoffs and stuff, I think we can get 162 in. But the further that this thing gets delayed, then, yeah, you got to get more creative. I don't really know. I mean, like, I want to play as much as possible, obviously. And yeah. I, I know that they've talked about expanded playoffs, and uh, we haven't really dove into, like, the specifics of what that would look like yet. But um, I think it could give us a nice opportunity to maybe, as, like, from a, a one-year period only, obviously this wouldn't extend past the 2020 season, but uh, maybe, you know, given a different look to what the postseason might look like and seeing if fans like it, if players like it. Um, and then, you know, if, if it doesn't, you know, you know, work with the fans or people don't like it, then just go back to the way it has been. So this could give us an opportunity to, to kind of uh, try some things out, in a, you know, just to obviously just a one-time thing, just to see if we can grab some more fans' attention. Um, you know, the younger generation of fan, maybe if, if we expand the playoffs and do some, some cool stuff there with neutral sites, you know, who knows, but, um, you know, for me, I just want to play as many games as possible. And I think a lot of players are willing to give the, you know, the expanded playoffs and whatever that would look like, you know, a shot. Yeah. I'm, I'm not mad at all at the neutral sites for the playoffs. If you got to do it in Arizona or Florida, wherever it's warm, you know what I'm saying? If, if you got, if you're going to play the schedule into November, which, which you can do, um, I don't think you can play the playoffs, you know, into like late November. If up here, you would have to do it, you know, we have to go to Tampa. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It, it would be tricky to do it in uh, places where like the weather's not great. And so like that's the pros and cons of doing a like a neutral site playoffs, right? Like how do you tell like the Yankee fans that, hey, you might not get a a home playoff series? You know what I mean? Like. You imagine like the Yankees being in the postseason and not it it not being in the Bronx, you know, at all. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, it, but but you know, you know, maybe it's something that, like I said, you try one time and you see, like, try to build like a Super Bowl atmosphere. Um, pick a you know, like Texas just built a new stadium. Maybe you you try to do something there. I don't really know a hundred percent, right? I'm just a lot of this is just me like like spitballing right now with you guys. But um, there's definitely been talk on neutral site stuff and um, that. I just think like. Like there's nothing more exciting as like a, a home player than having your home crowd behind you in a postseason and taking that away. It's like an all star game, right? Like it's so neutral at an all star game, the 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 crowd that sometimes it's like it's kind of weird, right? And I feel like yeah, that's kind of what a little it would bit. be. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. It, it's weird, right? Because it, you know what? It, in some ways, this just forces everybody to try things. Kind of like what you were talking about, Zach, right? Where you may get you may get a one-year period where you just are forced to try playoffs this way. This time, period of time, it kind of forces you, right, to be creative. And it's like, you know, maybe it's not ideal and it's not what anybody wants, but you're almost, you're just putting this prism of how can I create the most fulfilling experience possible while I still, you know, feel like the champion will be legitimate, et cetera. 
but I may have to get creative out of out out of you know what I normally would deem to be the most appropriate playing field, right? Yeah, I agree with you. I you know like, and and I'm kind of like the mixture of like old school and like new school, just because of when I came up to the big leagues. Uh, <clears throat> but you know, other sports are um, trying things out to you know get, keep the fans' interest, um, and you know maybe this is an opportunity for us. I mean, obviously, it's not as easy as just saying like, okay, we're going to expand players. There's so much right. stuff within the CBA that has to get changed, and mm-hmm. you know people got to agree to stuff. And, and obviously, like our relationship right now with MLB, like the players' union, isn't isn't great, um, just based on obviously like how free agency, free agency and some things have been in the past, and so. Um, you know, it's not an easy negotiation, but I think both sides would agree that anything that can get the fan is- interest back, especially this year, and um, I think is is the in the best interest of everybody involved going forward for this year. And I, I think we can get pretty creative on the schedule and uh, still allow everybody to accomplish you know the things that they want on both sides. The only thing I worry about is the NBA coming back. Like the NBA comes back and they have the playoffs like during at the beginning of what we're trying to start as our season like I just think it's going to kill the baseball ratings because yep. the NBA kind of runs you know what I'm saying like kind of yep. dominates especially the playoffs at that time like that's the only thing I worry about and I and I feel like you know they're going to come back so you're going to have to get creative on the back end especially during football season to uh you know attract the fans and get and get them back interested in the game so Whatever right. you guys come up with is, it, you know, it has to be f- like for the fans, really, which sounds crazy, but, um, you know, you got to keep them engaged. Yeah, you got to give them a reason why, like, you, they should wa- they should tune into baseball over, you know, like you said, like possibly the NBA playoffs early on and then going into the football season because, um, you know, and so this, like, it's, yeah, I mean, I agree with you 100%. And I think the expanded playoffs are some of the ideas that they're kicking around, you know, may you know, peak fan interest because um, it's something new and fresh. And obviously, um, you know, baseball has been very, you know, 162 games. This is when playoff starts and this is when the all-star game is for so long. So like I said, I think in a one year trial, I think, you know, guys are willing to, to do just about whatever to, uh, to help get the, you know, you know, the game going. And, you know, um, like I said, like the players have, you know, some goals that they want to accomplish and, and things they want to see happen. And, and MLB has, you know, another thing. But I think we can we can come together on, you know, the playoffs and, and enhancing like the interest in the game. Yeah, I, you know, it, I I do feel like the one good thing as far as like the ratings go for every sport is everybody is going to be so starved to be watching at the end of this. You know, I mean, we're all all three of us are huge sports fans. We're already, you know struggling right like running out of netflix things to watch there's only whatever, like so right? many madden football games i can play to get my yeah. i need to get in this choice. league now at first i wasn't i wasn't about this league now i need to get in this fucking madden league bro because I'm, I'm, I'm going crazy insane not to cut you off ryan but geez this it, it is insane right tommy <laughs> canley is the worst commissioner of all time first off but <laughs> did hixie get in is hixie playing oh hixie's in and he's trash right trash Trash. Um, <laughs> he, he's getting he's getting better, but I mean, there's some guys right now that uh, and like I'm by far like I'm not the best guy. Like let let me be clear, but um, there's some guys that it's tough it's tough to watch. You know. Oh my god! Nah, see, so fuck that. I'm I'm scoring 77 points on, on whoever like whoever it is, whether it's Frazier or Holder. If you can't play, I'm scoring. I'm running up the score. Oh Heller Heller's that guy. Like Heller won the league. <laughs> And he'll play, let's say, like a T. Wade had never played. 
And this guy is putting up 80 points. We're like, dude, <laughs> like, like, give this guy a it. shot. You know, he, like full on blitzing. Like he can't even move his quarterback in the pocket ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. It's good stuff. So wait, you got to give us, Zach, give, because this is like, uh, look, we're all looking for reasons to smile right now, right? During this weird and uncertain time. Give our, our audience an idea of just like the landscape of this Yankee Madden League and what's going on right now with you guys. Okay, yeah. No, this started in spring training with Tommy. He wanted to get everybody in this Madden League. Um, and it started out with 15 guys. Um, so 15 like different teams. Um, and you selected a team that you wanted, and then we drafted players, right? Um, and uh, that was interesting because Madden football players are like compared to real life guys are a whole lot different. Like if you're yeah. fast in the game, it's like it's over. Um, so we did that and I think we just added another like five guys. So there's about 20 dudes in this thing, which is awesome. Um, and we play, you know, like each other, we stream it like amongst each other. And actually I think we're going to publicly stream these games and that is going to be awesome because now the fans can just see how trash some of us are at Madden. And, um, you know, it's it's really fun. Obviously, the guys are able to like hang. Like we chat with each other all day, and it's just another thing to keep like guys connected. But um, I think if you involve the fans, I think they're gonna love it. I think they're gonna get a kick out of watching guys just do something different. Yeah, if you guys if you guys start live streaming that like publicly, that shit would be hilarious. Because I know yeah. Tommy's gonna go off on people. Like it's gonna oh, be yeah. great. We've been do- me and Tommy have been playing Call of Duty and like live streaming it lately. Uh, Tommy has on his end, and he's been dressing up in like different outfits. You know, <laughs> like, he's it is the funniest thing ever. And uh, so we're gonna start like live streaming that on this. Cha- we're gonna create a channel on Twitch, and uh, we're gonna start live streaming like all of us play Call of Duty. So we're gonna like we're gonna live stream that, and then we'll live stream the Madden. So man, like it's gonna be a zoo. See, we oh. got to get Tommy back on R2C2 because when he came on, he just kind of like froze, which he'll do from time to time. You know what I'm saying? Like you want him he's, to be, you want him to be who down. he is all the time, but sometimes he'll, he'll, he'll freeze and he did on R2C2, but that dude is hilarious, man. If I, I popped on guy. my PS4 right now, Tommy would totally be on right now and I could totally chat with him, but <laughs> I don't know how I could connect that right now, but that's what he's doing right now for sure. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. With BetterHelp, you can connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. You can now get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. With BetterHelp, you can get access to counselors who are specialized in areas such as depression, anxiety, relationships, grief, and so much more. See, I know I've dealt with anxiety in my life, and I can tell you like, if I had something that I could have just gone to online like this, I would have been going to it. Oh, no doubt. Especially, I mean, growing up where I grew up, I mean, having a grief counselor or something like that to help me understand everything that was going on would be amazing. So BetterHelp brings you broad expertise in the network, which may not be locally available in many areas. And if you are not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can just request a new one at any time. It's secure, it's convenient, and it is professional. And the best of all, it's a truly affordable option. R2C2 listeners get 10% off your first month with the discount code R2C2 
So why not get started today? We all know it's serious when you're talking about those kind of things. It can really help when you chat with people, get things off your chest. Learn more about yourself as well. Mental health is a real thing, and, and people need to really start paying attention to it. So go to betterhelp.com slash R2C2. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them better assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you will love. That's betterhelp.com slash R2C2. If you're listening to this show, you're probably a sports fan, and any smart, engaged sports fan should check out our sponsor, the Athletic. See, you're a big fan of The Athletic. Yeah, I love The Athletic. You have the app and everything. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's very impressive. Yeah. So The Athletic is a subscription-based sports news site for real fans, in-depth coverage, and exclusive stories from an all-star team of sports writers, including national writers like Ken Rosenthal, Jason Stark, and Peter Gammons. The Athletic is setting a new standard for sports news. You know what else I like? They invested in like their writers, their product, and and it's clear that people love the product because the subscribers keep coming. I love I, that. I love the fact that they have writers in every clubhouse. That's something that, I mean, you can't write an article about a team if, if you're not with them yeah. and you don't know the player. So the athletic does a great job of that. And they, you can customize your app or, or the website based on what city you're in and mm-hmm. what teams you like to follow, to your point, with those writers who are actually in the locker room or clubhouse. It's awesome. You get full access to all sports teams, cities, and writers, and you can customize and choose the content you care about. The Athletic is the one-stop shop for passionate sports fans. No ads, pop-ups, or clickbait, just great content. I I love that part of it, too, that you don't have to work through any ads. Mm -hmm. That's great. We've talked about it before on this show. We both love The Athletic. Just download The Athletic app, pick your favorite teams, and The Athletic will begin surfacing all the latest on the players and storylines that matter to you. Ready to get started for 40% off a yearly subscription to The Athletic. It's pretty good. That's like yeah. that's a chunky discount right there. That's a right big there. discount right there. Go to theathletic.com slash R2C2. That's all lowercase. That's theathletic.com slash R2C2, all lowercase, for 40% off now. Well, this segues perfectly into our listener questions for you, Zach, which, by the way, we had a ton of them. Yankee fans were jacked up that you're coming on, so they're going to enjoy listening to this. Steve Zim, 16, asked, are you able to decipher the unintelligible Tommy noises, or is that a language that no one understands but Tommy? <laughs> yeah. Um, no. I'm not. Like the, the, the simple answer is absolutely not. Um, I think... It's depending on the mood. He has different sounds from the mood that he's in, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm I'm able to decipher the sounds that he makes based on like the mood. So he's telling me something with just the. It's like a small child, right? Like so when they can't talk yet and they make different noises for like I'm hungry or I, I just <laughs> I just pooped myself type of thing. Like that's what it's pretty much like. But you know his mood though. As soon as he walks in the door, like whatever. Oh, 100%. He, you know what I'm saying? Like he wears you can read him, him like, like a book. You can read him like a book. So as soon as he walks in, you can tell if he's in a bad mood or not, man. Right. No, oh, absolutely. that's hilarious. Well, along those lines, uh, another question involving you and Tommy. Max Manis Saber uh, asked, is there any way we could get you and Tommy mic'd up in the bullpen for the duration of a game or even <laughs> while shagging balls during BP? <laughs> I'm sure we could. I mean, 
when I did the mic'd up thing um, during spring, like Tommy was like a few moments, he was himself, but he like clammed up on me and that was frustrating because I wanted the real Tommy to come out on the mic. Um, but I've actually, we've already talked uh, with the Yankees and possibly doing like a BP mic up. I don't know if we could do it in the bullpen. There's just so much stuff that we talk about that probably shouldn't get recorded. Bullpen, bullpen talks should never get aired after never. being out there for a month. Like nobody should ever wives, hear the shit that goes our, on. Yeah, our wives would look at us differently <laughs> yeah, for all eternity. Oh, that's great. Um, this is a depressed uh, baseball fan, Emmy. Sorry, Emmy. Things will get better soon. She asks, uh, Zach, is there anything you miss about Baltimore? I'm a New Yorker that lives down here now, and I think Baltimore gets a bad rep. Yeah, you know, um, my drive into the stadium, that's about it. <laughs> you know, it was easy to get from like, downtown <laughs> into the stadium. Um, you know, I, like it, it, that's, that's a tough question because uh, I had been there since I got drafted, you know, since I was 18. So there's a lot of things that like I missed just about, you know, that experience. Um, mm. You know, definitely good food out there, you know, being able to, you know, go out to the water um, that's close by right there um, off the coast. Um, man, I've spent so many years just like in the minor league affiliates. I think just like the small towns of Maryland that I got to experience were, were really cool and got to meet a lot of cool people. So I just think that, you know, um, sometimes, you, you know, you miss that stuff. Um, that small, it's a small town, big city type feel, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does make sense. That's a good. Pe uh, people sleep on Baltimore as a food town. It's a great, it's a great yeah, food. Yeah, CC knows. It's got great food. It really does. Great There's some food. spots downtown that, that is awesome. I went to uh, Loyola in in Maryland and Baltimore for a year before I transferred okay. to Fordham. Yeah, and I, I I love the food scene there. I thought it was fantastic. Like, and, yeah, and you know, obviously, it's a city we go to. You know, as much as any city in the in the big leagues. I, that's one man. I, I first of all, great hotel, but secondly, it's a. I always look forward to going back there. You get a nice day. You can walk along the waterfront, get a good meal. It's. Uh, and it's it's quick yep. drive for Yankee fans too, as we know, hearing the the way the crowd is at Camden yeah. Yards. I think I had a more of appreciation for it when I came back as a visiting player. You know, like mm -hmm. it, like some things that maybe I took for granted or didn't even like realize or notice when living there. I think uh, like you were talking about the side of the hotel where we stay. I had never yeah. really, you know, I didn't go over there that much, and I was like, wow, like this is a pretty cool spot. A lot of food, a lot of like being on the water, like the that side of the Inner Harbor and stuff like that. So yeah, um, it's definitely you know a, a sleeper when it comes to you know the top cities. That uh, that that hotel is new. We used to stay at the, on the other side of the harbor at the Intercontinental. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't it wasn't that enjoyable when you nah, we yeah, went to that Baltimore. One, that one that four seasons changed the whole trip, man. <laughs> right, that makes sense. That yeah, that four seasons is unreal. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, this question's from Broadway reviewer, Broadway critic one on Twitter. He says, Zach, do you think your older brother Buck will be a major league manager in the next few years? Oh well, yeah. You know, I think he's on his way. I, I think I think he can be. I mean, um, and every indication from I've got from coaches is that like they feel that that's what his path is. I remember Buck Showalter calling him into the office one time when we were playing the Rays in September. My brother obviously wasn't on the big league team, but he was down in Florida keeping ready just in case anybody got hurt and we needed an extra guy. And um, he brought it up to him there. He's like, he, my brother's name is Buck too. And was like, hey, Buck, I, I think like, I think your path to the big leagues is being a manager and just trying to pick his brain on like what he thought about that. And Next thing I know, you know, the next year he's managing double A, like right out of the shoot, you know, so, um, you know, 
I th- I think I could I could see him being a manager. I don't know obviously if it's with Baltimore, but I could see him being a big league manager. You know, in the near future. Well. We, I, I remember even from the last time, we love the Zach and Buck story. So I hope he's a big league manager <laughs> so we get as much Zach and Buck content as we can get. Um, you know, the last thing, Zach, uh, and thank you for giving us, you know, the time, man, during this weird period of time for us all. But like, what was it like having C down in Tampa as a, you know, special instructor during spring training? I know it didn't last as long as it might have otherwise, thanks to Corona, but how was it uh, having CC now as kind of like a, a pseudo coach in spring training? <laughs> yeah, you know, that it was it was cool. Um, obviously, you know, uh, playing with C and then seeing him in, I didn't know if I had to call him coach, you know, uh, you know Coach <laughs> C. Uh, but actually, a funny story is like, like C was watching this live BP that I was throwing and um, he was back there with Mike Harkey and I'm, <laughs> I'm like asking him stuff about the rap soda. I could just see in C's face. He's like, like, I don't even know what this stuff is. Like, <laughs> like hey, co- hey, Coach C, did that ball move? He's like, yeah, it moved. Like, when does it not move? You know, type of thing on my sinker. And I was just like, this, this is how it is, right? Like, um, like you, st- I start looking at C as, um, and I did too when I was playing, like a guy I go to adv- advice all the time. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it's, I've, he's the first player I've played with that came back and is now like an immediate instructor. So, um, first off I'm getting old. So that's, a, that <laughs> definitely and, uh, right. But you know, I love it because like C's personality, uh, out on the field, it, it always, um, he, he, like, it's like a Tommy, right? They're obviously two different guys, but like, he's always brightening the mood for guys, always bringing like good energy, positive energy. So seeing him out there with the fungo gave us a good laugh first off, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I think it's great. I mean, him and like guys like Andy Pettit, they're invaluable. You can bring these guys back with so much experience. And I mean, especially for the younger guys that maybe didn't get to interact with C. Because when you're playing, I mean, you're focused on playing, right? You're not focused on as much of, like, coaching. And, and like, you're focused on what you have to do. And so now, like, hopefully being able to, like, you know, talk with C more so and, um, you know, getting some experiences from him and and teaching stuff. Like, I'm excited. And a lot of guys are actually really excited to be able to, like, now pick his brain uh, CC's brain, uh, kind of more from the outside looking in. Now he's got that experience of like the front office and coaching and all these other things. So it's going to be awesome. But it, it was fun just for the brief time. I think he got out of there like quick. I don't, you know, like he all of a sudden he bounced real fast. As soon as yeah. I heard about the we had the Corona meeting, I'm like, I'm out of here. Now. Yeah. <laughs> After the was, Corona, it was, we, it was gone. It was weird that very first morning, I'm like, I walk in and I see everybody and we, you know, we're sitting down like eating breakfast and stuff. And it's just like I'm a player again. But then, I see all the coaches walking in like, you just missed a fucking meeting. Like, we had a meeting and you're supposed to be there. <laughs> Booney introduced you and I'm like sitting there with all the players. Like, it's just, it's, it's a weird thing. But it's, it's a lot of fun to be around and, and hopefully I can continue to be around a lot more and, you know, all the way through the World Series for us. How'd that fungo feel though, See, That's what I want to know because I fungo, knew you were excited The fungo about feels that. right. I mean, that's, that's right where <laughs> I'm at. That's, you know, it's perfect for me right now. Um, I need to get a little tape on it, maybe get like a lizard skin grip and uh, I'll be ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he looked in good shape too. We were saying we're like, dude, this guy's ready to go again. And then C was like, nah, nah, nah. Remember that shoulder? Like <laughs> my shoulder literally <laughs> blew up. Like, there's no shot. I gotta uh, throw a baseball with three fingers right now, bro. I can't even <laughs> I'm barely playing catch with little C. It's terrible. Oh man. That sucks. Oh. Well, Zach, thank you, bro. We sincerely appreciate you coming on, man. And uh, you know, and also giving us the insight of your conversations and 
with the union and kind of what you guys are working through. We know it's a wild time, man, uh, and you guys have a shelter-in-place order in Austin. So stay safe. Uh, you know, best of health to you and your family. God bless, and hopefully we're all back uh, watching baseball soon enough, my man. Awesome. Yeah, no, thanks anytime. I enjoy coming on. Thanks, Britt.